Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome, everybody. It's Gridiron Blitz 378 in the house. We got the Hall of Famer back today, Holly Custis, as she's getting ready for the playoffs with the uh, Utah Falcons. And we're going to have some of her teammates, plus a coach, Coach Rick Rasmussen, in the house as the uh, and running back, MVP running back of the WNFC as well. Uh, it's going to be Gina Magana coming in here. Um, so we're going to be talking to her and Coach Rasmussen. And then in about 40 minutes, we're going to have the talented uh, Marissa Goldston, as she's got a good, a nice organization in Texas, uh, Fierce Beauties Football League, and uh, she's doing wonderful things there. And she's got an event coming up on June 27th. So we're going to dive into her event as well. In about an hour, we are going to dive into everything WNFC Week 8 plus WFA playoffs for the road to Canton, including Brian Sweeney's take on it. And we have AKA. Uh, backseat coach Mark Simone and the X League insider Nate Ward in the second hour. So two hours of jam-packed of the Blitz. So stay tuned and stay alert. Uh, thanks for subscribing to our podcast on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Really, really appreciate it. And also thanks to everybody that took advantage of our 30% off sale this weekend at Zazzle.com uh, at the No Joke Football Shop, Zazzle.com forward slash for Iron Beauties. So don't miss out on that. And if you haven't gotten a Monkey Knife Fight, go to Monkey Knife Fight now. Use the code NGF. NBA playoffs are hot. So uh, let's bring in the Hall of Famer here so we can dive into the hub first before we go into the interview with uh, Gina Magana and Coach Rick Rasmussen. So let's uh, bring her in here in a second here. Uh, Holly, you on? Yeah, how's it going? Hey, welcome back, Holly. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, uh, not as good as you throughout the season, just uh, being a beast on there on defense, but uh, we've been keeping it afloat. Awesome. Yeah, this has been a, a, an awesome, fun experience uh, this year. I know, you know, we talked about it before, but coming off of COVID and not being able to play for a year, I think everybody was really excited to get back on the field and, and I'm really enjoying my time, and uh, I can't wait to, to see, you know, how far we can go. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, everybody's been rooting 21 since week one on this podcast, so we're uh, we're right on top of it. And uh, we're going to get one of your teammates in here. What an amazing uh, athlete she is as well, on and off the field as well. But uh, uh, Gina's going to be coming in here, and Gina Magana, and uh, we're going to have your coach, Rasmus, in here in about a couple minutes here as they're going to dive into the – next phase, which is basically the playoffs, and we'll see what the rankings are going to be like. But you guys have been ranked number two all year, Ollie, so no surprise there. Defensively, a lot of a lot of good key pieces on your side as well that have contributed to where you guys have stood at number two all season. Yeah, you know, um, I think the offense has been extremely consistent, like it usually is. And for us, the defense has really grown. Um, You know, I said earlier in the season that I felt like by the end of the season, um, you know, we would be a better 
iteration of ourselves, and I think that's coming true. I think our defense communicates extremely well together. Um, our coaches make really good adjustments in the game, and I think our defense has really gelled uh, the last couple games here. So uh, I'm looking forward to see if we can continue that momentum into the playoffs, and um, I'm having a really good time. Um, I know you want to look forward to it, but this past weekend we got a, a little taste of what the rebellion could be. Uh, we talked to Nenji Martin on our last podcast, 377. You guys can go and replay it on Apple, iHeart, or Spotify. She she knows you guys are the real deal in order for them to go deep in the playoffs, so there was no surprise there that she's aware that you guys are going to be the obstacle. Yeah, I think when you have a team that has the history that Utah has, um, you know, it's kind of like Texas. You know that there's going to be a target, and that's a good thing, I think. Um, I think San Diego has really improved a lot. They, they took a big jump this year. They were always very competitive and physical, but I think this year they seem to be gelling in a way that they, um, I don't know, it seems like they have more confidence in themselves. And so I think that Whatever the playoff situation is, whatever the seeding looks like, it will take care of itself. But I think that they have had a really awesome year, and I and I think that they um, should be proud of themselves because I, I think they really took a big jump this year. And so wh- whatever the playoffs end up looking like, if we end up playing or we don't end up playing, I'm really excited for them because I think they, they've had a really excellent year. I think something that's evident to me is that um, – They've always been very physical, um, but I think they seem a bit more cohesive this year. And that's probably the uh, biggest X factor in a lot of football teams is when you have the chemistry together, that's what takes you to that next step. So it should be really fun. All right. Um, Holly, at the hub, uh, the biggest storyline coming out of the NFL this week was obviously uh, Raiders player Carl Nassib coming out as gay, first ever, I guess, full-time player because I, th- I thought it was Michael Sam, but um, I've been proven wrong. I, w- I was told that Michael Sam was like the practice squad, right? Wasn't officially on a squad yet. So he comes out, uh, I think on yeah. IG, if I'm correct, this, mm-hmm. was, uh, this was, what, a couple of days ago? So, um, yeah. you know, I don't know what your, your take is on it, but uh, a lot of people are saying, okay, well, that's great and all, but uh, can he make the squad or can he keep stay on the roster like, you know, like, Michael, like we thought Michael Sam was going to do? I think you have a, a couple of different – they're kind of different stories. So Michael Sam, I think, if you take um, the storyline, you know, away, he talent-wise was kind of a borderline player to begin with. Um, so I think the difference is that, uh, uh, you know, this time around it's a player that, that has been active and has been playing and has had a solid career already. And I think that's probably what people are are noticing is I don't think Sam really actually made it into a game other than maybe a practice squad situation where now this is an actual player who's played for a few years and has made an impact. And I think that's why there's a lot of attention. And, you know, for me, it's, it's like this, it's like, okay, let's say, let's be logical about it. You have hundreds of players in the NFL, you have, thousands of players in college football, the math says that there's going to be some gay people in that group. (laughs) Um, So, um, you know, it shouldn't be a big deal, but the reason why it's a big deal is because there's been so much 
animosity, you know, uh, discrimination, um, and fear for, especially for male athletes who happen to be gay. And so when you have somebody like him that comes out and he, you know, is a strong player, I think that makes it so that players after him might be a little bit more comfortable and less fearful of coming out. So I, I really think it's a, it's an important thing to, to recognize. And I think in his um, video post, he did a really good job of explaining, hey, this shouldn't be a big deal, but we need more representation. And he's, he's right. Um, because I'm hoping that this means that people in the future won't be afraid to be themselves. They won't be worried, oh, if I come out, I'm not going to have, you know, the, the teams are going to be upset with me or I won't get the endorsements, et cetera, et cetera. That fear will start to dissipate. So I think it's an awesome thing. Um, and then he also, you know, contributed a bunch of money to uh, the Trevor Foundation, which um, helps with uh, youth that might be dealing with, suicidal um, issues, um, you know, in that community. And I think he's also, if I'm not mistaken, his jersey sales have gone through the roof the last couple of days. So that shows me that there's a lot of support uh, for him and and, uh, and uh, the community. So I think it's awesome and positive. All right. What do you think the fan base of the NFL, is it a mixed fan base at this point, you think? Or is it just a, a fact that it's a, it's growing on the fan base? the acceptance of having a, a male gay athlete in the league or, like you said, maybe multiple coming forward? I think it's probably mixed, but I, I think it's a little bit more positive than when um, Sam, you know, came out. I, I, I think right. – and that's what we were talking about. Like, the more often it happens, the less of a deal it becomes, and the more, you know, it comes down to, like, people – are afraid of what they are, what they don't understand, and what they don't understand is what they're not exposed to. So if you don't have any gay people in your life, it's easier to be afraid of them. But the more gay people that you realize are around you, the less scary it becomes. So the more people are, are comfortable in coming out, then hopefully that leads to you know, a a more positive reaction when people do come out. Because at the end of the day, you know, he is a very strong player. You know, he's not going to go anywhere. He seems to me, from when I've watched him, to be a solid guy, you know, not necessarily an all-world guy, but solid enough that he's going to be around. So, you know, um, which is a big deal because Sam, unfortunately, wasn't able to hang around long enough to make as big of an impact as he probably wanted. But now we have somebody that's not going to go away and can be, you know, more of a, a vocal leader in that area. So, you know, I think it's, it's more positive than before, but, uh, you know, hopefully it continues that direction. So you get the article right there, um, out, outsports.com, at the hub, at facebook.com, forward slash Grand Beauties. Let's go into the Monkey Knife Fight huddle. And if you guys have, haven't gone to Monkey Knife Fight, go to Monkey Knife Fight. NJF is the code. You can play NBA right now, currently, tonight. I guess uh, you have Clippers and Suns tonight. So check it out there. If you haven't gone there, you can get the next Lotus Slate games as well, more or less is what I play. So let's go into the huddle here. We're going to be bringing in uh, running back Gina Magana and Coach Rick Rasmussen after the promo. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. 
Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right. Let's talk to Holly's teammate and Holly's coach, Coach Rick Rasmussen, in the house with the talented running back, Gina Magana. How you guys doing? Doing good, Oscar. Doing good. Hey, Coach. Uh, how's, it, how's it going this season so far? Yeah, we're out of practice. It's 100 degrees, so, you know, it's going okay. All right. Um, looking forward to the playoffs right now. Everybody's uh, pretty much hyped for the playoffs. Um, you got some really good uh, ballers on both sides of the ball this season, um, Gina being one of them, and then obviously Holly on the other side. So uh, this season, a little bit more, I think, focus on, like, the middle-tier teams on the Atlantic but nobody's forgetting that you guys are the number two uh, ranked team in the in the whole WNFC. Yeah, well, we're happy to be ranked uh, number two. Not sure that's where we deserve to be, but I guess we'll play it and see how it works out. Uh, Coach, defensively, you guys have done a really good job shutting down everybody that you guys have confronted this season. So, who do you attribute to that? Is it a you know a change in personnel or? How does that, you know, how does that come about this season, especially after the COVID? You know, I think we, uh, you know, we're we're blessed with some really talented athletes. We've got uh, an entirely new defensive staff that uh, really stepped it up, taking it to the next level, and uh, the girls are finally uh, getting the little nuances of what uh, Coach Cecil and his guys want to have happen, and the results are starting to bear fruit. Yeah, I think it's been impressive on the defensive side of the ball. Normally, offensively, you guys have been really good. Uh, you guys got to see La Muerte as well, one of the other teams there. Um, they got to see you, a big test for them. But ultimately, I think uh, Vegas, San Diego, uh, you know, we talked to Nenji Martin last week, as I mentioned earlier uh, during the podcast here. Uh, Nenji's ready, and she knows the obstacle is the Falcons if they want to get to the next level. Yeah, I look, uh, we, we played both Vegas and La Merte. We also played Denver, who I think is the next team in line. All three teams are excellent, very well coached, great athletes. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come prepared. I, I think we'll be able to scrounge up 22 or 23 to make it to the playoff games, and we'll do our best uh, against whoever we face. And that, I think that's really the way we take it is just one game at a time. Coach, uh, Gina, uh, so impressive all season, including that line offensively to give her the gap and the speed and the spacing for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you, what do you what do you say about Gina this season? Well, I mean, obviously your stats speak for themselves. She, she doesn't get a lot of reps because, um, you know, we still run platoons. So, you know, Gina gets on, does her thing, and gets off. But at least that's the game plan. And, uh you're exactly right. Our offensive line has been awesome. Uh, the unspoken heroes, uh, I don't think, get much pre- uh, press. Our, our wide receivers, our edge blocking is super. Uh, given, uh, given Gina with her good field sense and vision, the opportunity to cut and, and extend the run five, seven, ten yards every time she carries the ball, she can, uh, you know, get into the open. So we're very uh, happy with the, the offensive line being able to uh, run the offense correctly, and produce properly, and then our wide receivers 
they just open up um, open up little tiny gaps, and that's really all Gina needs. It's just a little squeaky gap, and she'll go through there like a watermelon seed. Yeah, she's been impressive. Uh, Gina, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, really appreciate you making the time as well. I know you guys are planning out for the playoffs here and getting ready for the next opponent, but I uh, just want to get you know bring you on here to give you uh, some shout-outs because uh, – a lot of impressive performances uh, through, you know, week one through week uh, week eight almost here. So uh, what do you say Thank about you so you know, your performance? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. that. <laughs> what do you attribute your uh, performance to? Oh, so um, I practiced super hard. I lifted weights like a big part of my um, off-season with COVID canceling was um, to gain weight, get stronger and faster, but – a big a part of my success is um, due to my teammates, my O-line, our, our other wingbacks, our wide receivers. Um, I can't get the yards without them making holes in the block. So, um, and for the most part, it's my team that I attribute all my success to. Uh, Gina, you, you've played on this team for a little while now. Um, you know, the, the, the structure of the team is a unique sort of like other teams in the top tier of the WNFC. So uh, do you feel like the structure fits you as, as an athlete as well? Yeah, absolutely. Our, um, our team is different from any other teams I've um, played on or seen. We're, we're family on and off the field. Um, everyone's all together. We build um, friendships. Like all my, to this day, like best friends are made from football, made from this team. And, um, yeah, we're more of a family than we are teammates. Now, you have a unique uh, outside of work uh, that I've never seen anybody else that, you know, normally everybody's doing something else, but you got, you're dealing with uh, uh, chemicals from what you send me your bio, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I got to deal with that when I was in the military in, at certain points, but uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how your day job is, like, you know, kind of unique in a way. Um, so, uh, so I start I pretty early in the morning, I start at 4 in the morning, and a, a big reason of that is because we're in a full chemical suit in the element, so that helps not um, be, like, the hottest part of the day, but um, I'm in a full chemical suit transferring. We transfer anything from, like, sulfuric acid to not-so-hazardous chemicals like um, sodium silicate, but I'm transferring them from um, a rail car to a train. Um, I'm carrying all my tools and equipment up there, setting it up, and then connecting to a trailer, and then will flow into our trailers or bulk containment. Wow. Um, so that's a, you know, that's an intense aspect of it on a job mode. And then you got, you got a four-year-old and I believe you got two other uh, uh, kids that you're dealing with, with your husband. So uh, never a dull moment, as they say. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm in the heat all day and then come to practice and it's fun. Keeps me in shape. That's awesome. Um, Gina, were you shocked or surprised when you got the uh, uh, player of the week for the WNFC? Yeah, I was super um, surprised. I was happy about it because the first game I was I was nervous all week. I had butterflies, and then um, I just kind of did my thing in that first game against the Browers, and um, I kind of made me, like, open my eyes and, like, see my success and my hard work off season, like what it's done for me for this season. Um, I was super honored about it, and um, I've worked really hard to be where I'm at. 
Uh, Coach, I guess uh, a long hiatus for her, and then you decide to bring her back. So I don't know, what was it, Candy, or what what was the... uh... You know, I think Gina always had the bug. You know, she had a baby, and uh, pretty difficult to come out here with with a little one under the age of two. So she took a couple years off. People don't know that the first time Gina touched the ball wearing uh, Falcons blue, she went uh, 65 yards for a touchdown up in Everett, Washington. Um, and we knew right then that, you know, she was special. Um, we've been blessed with, with really good wingbacks in our, in our history. And uh, Gina just was a natural progression this year. Um, she was penciled in um, as the number two, uh, you know, and we run two, so a starter. But uh, after our preseason game in Colorado Springs, she just seized the the number one spot, and she's not letting go. She's a uh, you know she's a great athlete, good runner, very soft hands. Uh, she's run back two kicks for touchdowns. I think she's caught three or four touchdowns. So a lot, but a lot of that, like Gina said, you know, is attributed to the fact that her offensive line and wide receivers work so hard for. Her. So we're very happy to have her. She fits in with the way we play ball and and uh, has, an, you know, embraced the concept of family that we try to promote out here. All right, Coach, um, what a, a great season so far. Looking forward to the playoffs, all of us. Um, but have you enjoyed any of the games on, like, uh, on the streams? Have you watched any of the games, like replay on streams? I know you guys get, you know, video and coaching – uh, tools and stuff like that, but yeah. uh, for us fans, yeah, I've watched the Slugger games um, either delayed or during a bye week, and obviously uh, we use uh, you know a huddle um, and break them down pretty well. So yeah, I've seen pretty much everybody. Um, very impressive teams out east. Obviously, Dallas remains a monster. But, um, you know, rock solid. Alabama looks good. Obviously, San Diego is the beast of the West. I don't think, I don't think anybody uh, uh, is taking them lightly. So, you know, we'll, we're just going to come prepared to play each game. Well, I appreciate you making the time. I know it's uh, crunch time, and I really, really appreciate you guys coming on here. And, Gina, a fantastic season so far. And it's been a great experience to watch you uh, weekly do your thing. And, uh, you know, offensively, you guys have always been good. But, uh, you know, I think it's another level with you in the backfield, as Coach says here. And then defensively, Coach, uh, I mean, you guys have stepped it up this year a lot more than any other season that I've seen on tape. So uh, I think that's going to be a credit and and a bonus as you get towards into the playoffs and then back to the nine cup because I think everybody's expectation is that you'll arrive there again. Well, we're sure going to try. We're lucky. You know, we've got two really good middle linebackers in Hawley and Tina Tella. We have a really solid defensive line. So, uh, with the scheme that we're running and the, uh, uh, you know, the weekly changes, like right now is defensive practice, and they're tweaking something completely new. So, you know, I, I, I hope we're ready when we get to, get to that first game of the playoffs and then after we get through that one, hopefully we'll be ready when we play the second game. All right. Coach, always a pleasure to talk to you. I know you're always hardworking and 
And I, I, I don't. I think I, I haven't seen you since uh, the Hall of Fame game, right? That's almost a year out. Yeah, it's been a while. It, it, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, been a while. crazy. Hopefully, so, uh, we'll get we'll get we'll get to catch up with you at the uh, conference playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I'm I really uh, expect you guys to be there. I know you guys have, have been working really hard on both sides of the ball, and then uh, so I wanted to bring you you guys on this week because it's like pre playoff week and. Uh, who not to talk to, but the number two ranked team in the WNFC on the and the uh, best team in the Pacific. So really appreciate you guys uh, making the time for me. Thank you Thanks so much. Sir. All right. Um, so Gina, have a great uh, week of practice, and we're actually expecting a lot more things going deep in the playoffs. So we're really excited. Thank you so much, Oscar. I'm excited as well. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy your practice, and uh, right. we'll keep tabs on you. Thank you. Ciao. All right, Holly, there you go. You know them firsthand. You've you've been on the field with them firsthand, so you you know what Coach Coach Rick's all about and uh, what Gina's all about. You get to see it live. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I I joke all the time. You know, with uh, a lot of people on the team, that it's nice to be on. Uh, their side now because I used to have to chase these people around the field. And, you know, I was telling Gina before, I was like, oh, gosh, like, I think it was probably that first regular season game that I told her, I was like, I don't have to chase you anymore, and this is awesome. Like, this, is, it would be terrible to have to chase you. So she, she's just really, she has really good vision, and when she finds a crease, she's just gone. And she just outruns everybody. And it's, it's uh, really fun to watch when you know, I, I come off on the sideline um, from a defensive series, and, and that's the thing that I, I had to um, really adjust to uh, playing defense is that the offense um, sometimes scores so fast that, like, you get off the field, you take a second to, like, get some water, and then I have to go back on the field because they just scored, you know. That's how fast that, um, you know, Gina can get free and uh, uh, other people in our offense can get free, too. So that's been awesome, and then you know, um, Rick is always really fun to play for. Um, he is just hilarious. Like, if you are in practice and you mess up, he tells you, but he always throws in some sort of really funny comment <laughs> that makes me laugh a lot. So I really appreciate that. So, no, I've been really having a lot of fun with this team. Well, we, uh, we know you've been having fun because <laughs> you're at the top of the stats. So the stats show pretty much that you're having fun. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we've missed you on the podcast, but I know you've been, you know, just grinding every week. And um, we just mentioned it right now, as you said earlier, pretty contested in the Pacific, I think, this year than more than anything else, given San Diego, uh, given Las Vegas. Uh, the big difference, I think, Dion Lee coming to uh, the Silver Stars, that was a big addition right there. So between those two teams, you know, um, one of them really is eyeing you guys as a target, of course. Yeah, you know, I think this. I don't know if this is my perspective because we lost the year due, due to COVID or or what, but I really feel like the overall level of competition has risen between uh, 2019 and 2021. I feel like there are several teams that have gotten better, and there are good teams that got even better. And, you know, I think uh, all the teams that you mentioned are, are really very talented. And I think 
um, you know, like we said, that's why you have to take it a game at a time. You can't, you can't afford to take anything for granted. You have to just focus one game at a time. And, you know, for us, like, even though we're excited about the playoffs, we still have a game this weekend against Seattle. And um, I don't know if you – you probably haven't seen, but it's supposed to be over 100 degrees this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. That doesn't happen here in Seattle very often. <laughs> um, so we have to focus on this game, then get to the playoffs, then take it game at a time because, you know, it's kind of good, though, because it's like the NFL where you, you want the you want the parity and competition – because at the end of the day, it makes everybody better, and iron sharpens iron. So, you know, I think overall the league has gotten better. I really think it's impressive where the commitment is now there from ownership. I mean, we had one forfeit game this week. There were so many changes in that one team. Ownership changes, uh, issues internally, and things like that are going to happen. But um, overall – I think uh, you know one forfeit out of uh, at the end of week eight. It's not so detrimental to the league, but it is something that obviously has to be addressed. Um, and then, in, and that is the twentieth ranked team in the WNFC. So everybody knows who I'm talking about, Nebraska in general. Um, but overall, right. I mean, you, the, the Atlantic is really going to be a tough, tough, even even worse, I think, than the Pacific in a lot of ways. Because the Atlantic, uh, there's a crunch mode there, Holly, in the middle pack. Where everybody's going to end up at three and yeah. two or three and three, and and then it's going to be maybe a tiebreaker based on scoring and differential. So somebody's going to be disappointed in that middle pack. But you know, at, at Alabama probably the only team that we can look at right now that can say maybe can go to toe with the uh, Texas Elite Spartans. Yeah, you know that's that's tough too because you know just like um, our conference has gotten stronger, I think their conference has gotten stronger as well. And and that's you know like I said before that that's good for the league and um, I've been um, you know listening to a um, an audio book recently that has it's a long audio book <laughs> and has the history of you know football and the NFL and how at the beginning of the inception of, of the NFL how they had to make decisions about how like how do you reconcile like having the uh, best couple teams just run away with it, or do you try to make it so that it's competitive competitive enough so the league sustains itself? And they went with the with the latter version um, because they realized that if you have one or two teams that run away with it, it's not good for anybody. So the fact that you know we have teams improving, we have competition getting stronger and stronger, is only going to be better for everybody. So I think you're right. I think the Atlanta Conference is also a lot stronger, and I look forward to, to seeing, um, you know, the playoffs because I, I think, I think you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. And, um, you know, Texas, as we all know, is, is, the, is the one to beat. And, but if they want to get better too, they need people pushing them. So I think, um, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I really feel like in the East, you have, or in the Atlantic, I keep saying East, but in the Atlantic, I really feel like all those teams really coming into the season understood that there is one juggernaut to beat, and the benchmark is there, and they have to, offensively, they got to play a higher, better level offense, and then they still have to play kind of stout defense, 
because when you face Texas, you're getting both sides. And to your point, you have to be good on both sides. I mean, you know, essentially um, Texas is just – they're stacked with, with a lot of athletes on both sides of the ball, a lot of people that have a lot of experience too. And that, that matters a lot in our sport too uh, when you have that type of experience. And so you're right, you have to – if you're going to go after the beast, you have to try to find ways to compete on both sides. You have to find ways to compete in special teams. You have to figure out what you do well and try to take advantage of that as best as you can. And so, you know, it's a tall order, um, but I think, you know, it's going to be a really fun playoff, uh, you know, um, a, a really fun playoff situation on um, both conferences and, and I think it's going to be really awesome for the sport. I think it's going to produce a lot of content that they can promote later, too. Yeah, and I think that the key to everything now is, you know, we have a nucleus of veteran players that have put their, you know, experience on the line, and then we also have a, a really uh, higher percentage of nucleus of new players that are really excited to kind of, like, take the baton and go forward. I mean, you got Matty Rosas out there, quarterback, um, you have a mixture of young quarterbacks out there. You've got a mixture of, of good defensive uh, players out there as well. So um, the scoring is going to be different. I mean, there hasn't been that big of a deal in terms of, like, certain matchups and, and other matchups. But in the end, as we get closer to, um, you know, the scoring being closer instead of, like, gapping so much, it's going to make a big difference. That's your point, you know, when the NFL decides, okay, the closer games are just, like, more entertaining. I think the WNFC is at that level now where, you know, if we're getting to a point where certain squads are just not, not up to par, um, decisions are going to have to be made in the offseason to figure out which teams stay, right, stay in the league because that makes a big difference. Um, you know, we had North Florida bail in, in season one. Um, you know, who knows if Nebraska is going to stick around for, for the next season. But I think those, those decisions are going to make the league stronger because you don't want – to have a week, one week squad out of twenty, you want to have, like you said, twenty strong squads. They're going to, com- you know, convert weekly into good viewership and competitive football. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of a line between <clears throat> like having a bad year um, on the field. You know, you, you mm-hmm. could theoretically have a year like you could be like the Jaguars with the Jets one year, but there's a difference between like just not producing on the field because you might not have the talent that year and internal uh, structural problems where, um, you know, we all know that there's a finite amount of players that you start with and then you might get injuries and that happens to to every team. Um, And so that's, that's one thing Like if you're not able to um, compete because you just don't, have the numbers because of injuries that happen from time to time. But the bigger question the league will have to make year to year and probably also when they bring other teams in in the future is trying to find the teams that have the structural strength to withstand bad years, to withstand the injuries, to withstand stuff like that. Because if you can have that, then that team, you know, can bounce back from a down year. But if the team does not have that strong structure, does not have that strong leadership, then those things that those pieces of adversity that happen will start to to crack, and then all of a sudden the whole team will crumble. And so that's the trick that the league will have to make. 
Yeah, I think they've done a good job so far from year one, year two. I, I, like I said, one team's going to have to be reassessed, like you said, from from a you know operational standpoint to an on-field lack of consistency, things like that. So uh, I think that's going to be the, the case. Um, let's talk WFA for a minute here before we bring in uh, Marissa Goldston here. Um, Mile High uh, takes, takes down Sin City. Sin City, uh, based on Massey, will get to face – Houston Energy, uh, so they get a shot of, you know, Sin City played everybody pretty much tough, and they lost some close games, and they you know, obviously got beat down. But this is kind of like a second opportunity for them, if you really look at it that way, where they're going up against Houston. Houston in the same boat as they are. They, they face tough competition all year. So um, it's, it's literally a great matchup for two teams as to who advances. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you have a year in which um, you're playing extremely competitive that maybe the outcomes don't always go the way you want, um, when you get into the playoffs, you have to just scrap all of that and focus on the fact that this is this is a brand-new season. It's, it's win or go home, but now you have, uh, you know, new life and that the, the regular season and what happened there doesn't matter anymore. Now you have to think of it, this is game one. Um, and so from that aspect, you know, both teams have an opportunity, uh, you know, to advance. And this happens in the NFL from time to time. You might have a team, oh, I think it was like the Giants several years ago that weren't, they were okay in the regular season and they, they won the Super Bowl. Like if you get hot at the right time, then that's what matters. So, you know, it should be a really interesting and fun matchup and, I think both teams are probably really excited for that uh, uh, second opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, Sin City, for the most part, is the one that really is going to get the second chance if you look at how their season has gone. So, um, you know, our girl out there, no joke football uh, quarterback, uh, Lexi DeMail, she's and her Sin City Trojans getting an opportunity, uh, like you said, an opportunity where it's go, win or go home. They have just that mentality. Um, and it's going to be a tough battle, I think, uh, Holly, against energy. Because energy is really sometimes, if you look at them on tape, they're really good on both sides of the ball. So the Trojans, uh, I have to give them credit too, but it just seems the energy always seems to be, they can play on on any type of matchup. It's at high tempo or they're going to play defensive, you know, defensive standing. So they have a, you know, they have that capability to go either way. And And that's a good point because, um, that versatility does really help with playoff situations. And it works in football and in basketball and uh, probably other sports as well because the matchup becomes a, a game in itself. And if you have the ability to play teams different ways, that only helps you. So if you're playing a team where you need to, um, you know, score a lot of points and you're able to do that to, to keep up, then, then that's helpful. Or if you need to – to try to, to um, you know, kind of clog everything up and you have the ability to be physical, then that's helpful as well, depending on who you're playing. So, you know, I, I definitely think that they're well-rounded and I think that's going to uh, be an advantage for them. And so it's going to be interesting to see uh, the matchup between somebody who's more well-rounded and somebody that is probably, you know, has a an edge for them and is trying to, um, you know, really take advantage of this playoff situation. The other uh, matchups that we got, no surprise that, uh, you know, Massey's are done and the ratings are in. No surprise here, Holly, 
Boston and, and Minnesota show up as the top the top two teams to, to basically clash in Canton at this point, based on what we see on paper right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, Boston has just run through their schedule, and so that that is no surprise at all. Um, they're always extremely, you know, talented and good, but like this year, they seem to to be, you know, just running through everybody. Um, you know, Minnesota has been very consistent. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, kind of nice to see them in that spot. Um, you know, usually it's uh, Cali, uh, the Cali War in that spot. Um, so I, I'm excited to see Minnesota and see if they can take advantage of being in that situation. Um, I think they've had a really solid year, and I, I think that uh, they're really very talented. Um, so it should be really fun to watch. Now, the combination of uh... – of Cooper and uh, Mosaic here, it's just it's they've been outstanding. I mean, on offense as well, um, and defensively they've been able to hold every most everybody down they've played. But uh, you know, you can only play the, ga- the 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 games that you're assigned on the schedule. And at this point, for them, uh, I think the biggest obstacle will be Boston if they get to that stage, which I don't see them not getting there because they've played so well down the stretch of the last three weeks. And if you watch them on for the fans. Um, you know the broadcast. Uh, I think Minnesota's somewhat ready. They know, uh, you know, what it's going to. It's going to take a lot to get to Boston, and it's also going to take a lot to beat Boston. Oh, well, definitely. You know, I think one of the things I always notice about Minnesota is that um, they've been very consistent over the. Um, duration of their uh, franchise, and I think this year is no exception. And you know they they can put up points, and in order to to <clears throat> compete with with uh, Boston, you're going to have to put up points. So I think that is something um, that is you know uh, an advantage for them that they can uh, hopefully you know keep up offensively with Boston. So you know I, I think. It should be a really uh, fun playoff for them, but I, I think, um, you know, the opportunity is there for them. Uh, Holly, what do you think of Nevada? I, I'm really impressed with Nevada because, you know, D3 powerhouse, and then they come in to upgrade to D2, and guess what? Here we are. They are in the mix. They are probably the team or the best team all season in the WFA in terms of, like, the amount of, of, of output, the wins, and the way that they've been doing things and uh, up against, you know, any divisional opponent and the in-state rivalry as well. So, um, you know, Coach Barrett out there and, and, and their little uh, uh, squad out there, they, they have just risen to another level. And, and it looks to me like if, you know, if they get to the past this, uh, you know, this weekend, June 26th, uh, I would have to consider them the favorite in D2. Yeah, you, you know, um, gosh, it had to be like three, no, how do you like four, four years ago um, when I was with Seattle, we played them. I think it was like the first game of the season, um, and they were solid. But I, I think after that year, they've really turned the corner and gotten to a whole another level. Um, and you know, uh, in 2019, they really advanced, you know, in the Division Three, and then coming into this year, I knew they'd be uh, really competitive, but they, they've not only been competitive, they've been uh, rolling through their schedule as well. And I think 
they have an opportunity. And I think it speaks volumes to how that coaching staff and the leadership has really fine-tuned their team and gotten them to that next level. So, uh, you know, congrats to Nevada because it's been really fun to watch them every year, the last couple of years, get a little bit better, get a little bit better. And so this is a huge opportunity for them as well to make their mark on that uh, Division Two. And they get to face mile high, so I don't want to, like, say that mile high is not at the same level, but given the schedule this year, uh, mile high has played very close games where Nevada has really played strong two quarters and then runs away with it. So if uh, if you're smooth uh, Laura Jones out there in mile high, I, I really think you need to start evaluating that, that, that tape because – once they get going on the ground, a ground game, and then they start shutting you down, it's it's uh, n- not pretty. Yeah, and it looks like uh, they actually play this weekend, so that might be you know, um, uh, you know, like a, a playoff preview situation happening. Um, you know, Mile High has also been a pretty consistent team at that uh, Division Two level, and I think that they're uh, you know a fairly uh, competitive team and they're, they're well run and uh, but I think uh, you know that uh, game between them uh, or even even in the playoffs is going to be a very interesting matchup um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the other uh, the other matchups going to be on the other side of the coast and DDA has played Boston twice I uh, haven't looked as good as they did in 2019 Baltimore I think it's a uh, a situation here where Baltimore, if they want to go to the next level of visibility in this league, this has got to be a, a win. Uh, for Detroit, uh, this is one step closer to returning to the national championship, and they would either face, I think, Jacksonville or Miami. So if you're Detroit, Holly, um, I mean, this is, like you said, win or go home. It's really what it boils down to them for now. Yeah, you know, Detroit has had a, a really good history um, with their program as well. And, you know, I think if they, like you're right, if they want to get back to um, the championship game, then then this is their moment. I, I think, um, you know, Baltimore is also a team that's been really trying to push for that next level as well. So I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, and, you know, I think, I, you know, honestly, I think some of these Division Two matchups are, are a little bit more interesting to me than the Division One at times just because I think there is a bit more competition at this level. And, you know, it's harder to kind of take, like, the favorites out of this group because there are, you know, a few teams that could really make a push. So, you know, I think that's really uh, pretty cool to see. And and I think it's going to be awesome to see who comes out on top. Yeah, the other uh, scenario that we got built in is uh, Jacksonville and Miami. Miami got beat by Jacksonville. Uh, Miami's really – wanting to get to this next stage, and here they are. They have the opportunity here this year to do it. Uh, Jacksonville have been kind of like out of the out of the picture for a while, and this is, their, this is their opportunity to try to get to it. So whoever comes out of this matchup here is going to take on either a real hot Baltimore team or a revitalized Detroit team. So that's a, a kind of an interesting scenario. Yeah, you know um... – I think the Baltimore-Detroit one is going to be extremely uh, competitive. Um, And I think whoever comes out of the Jacksonville-Miami game um, is going to be, you know, uh, 
a, a tough matchup for them to play either of those cause. But I do think there's, you know, like we said, there, there's always an opportunity in the playoffs. And no matter how far you get in the playoffs, it's great experience for everybody involved. And so if Miami uh, or Jacksonville wants to, you know, really uh, make their mark, this would be the way to do it, is to win that first-round matchup and to take on Baltimore or Detroit um, and either win or at least be competitive, then I think that would speak volumes for either of those squads. Um, We're going to dive into that with Mark Simone and Nate Ward in the second hour as we dissect further the WFA playoff pictures here. Um, Before we bring in uh, Marissa Goldstein here, um, Holly, uh, what do you think of that the ruling, the Supreme Court ruling with the NCA? We talked about it a, a while back, like a year ago, and you know we said, hey, they they got to do some sort of compensation, you know, even if it's not their image, um, you know, because they were getting struck down because of what perks and and given this and given that. But you know, the Supreme Court ruled on, hey, the, the players should have some benefits that would afford them, you know, a, a better state with their education as well, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about this before, and I know that this um, topic can get a little, you know, um, I guess heated. People definitely have opinions on either side. And for me, though, I think uh, the ruling, um, you know, kind of made me and probably a whole bunch of other people feel a little validated because legally it just doesn't make sense um, that you would call something amateur when it's not really amateur and I don't know if it's like maybe that I'm coming from the perspective of an athlete or maybe because of my professional background and um, like HR I just feel very strong that what is happening now in the system that we currently have is not working and people are being taken advantage of now the real problem is how do you fix it? Now, that gets way complicated because there's a thousand ways to try to go about fixing it. But I think the first step is acknowledging that there's a problem, which is what, uh, you know, the ruling said is that there's a problem here. So I'm hoping that now that we've acknowledged that there's a problem and that the system um, maybe that was designed, you know, many decades ago no longer fits what is currently happening, <laughs> I think that's a good sign. I'm hoping that that means that we work towards trying to find actual solutions uh, that try to benefit everybody. But it's like anything else that we're talking about with, like, COVID and stuff. When you have, you know, things that um, happen in life, like adversity, like COVID, um, and sometimes you have the opportunity to stop and you think about, wait, you know, maybe this structure that we built like 100 years ago, maybe it doesn't work anymore, and maybe we should have adjusted it. So I'm hoping that's kind of where we're going. <laughs> uh, but I think it was a really big statement um, because now the people that are in, you know, like my side of the camp, now it's harder for the people on the other side to really argue on the, the validity of it because now there's a legal standpoint that you can say legally they're saying this is incorrect, and now you can work towards creating a solution. All right, so the article's right there at the Hub. Take advantage of reading it thoroughly right there. But uh, big ruling, NCAA-wise, so we'll see if they make changes or not. Uh, let's go into the second uh, Monkey Knife Fight huddle here, and we're going to bring in the uh, talented uh, Marissa Goldston. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes. 
featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Hi, Marissa. How you doing? I'm good. And you? How's it going today? I, I hope you're uh, busy, busy always, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. <laughs> Busy, busy. I wanted to bring you on because you're having a, this huge event on June 27th, I believe, and uh, it's been in the works for a while. And you're also going to have the talented Angelica Grayson, who's uh, part of the NAIA yes. scene. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually I'm grateful to have her. So um, with my organization, we're having a free showcase for girls ages 4 through 18, um, the showcases for these girls to show off their abilities and their talents and for my coaches to scout players. And also in the midst of that, um, after that showcase, we're going to have a college showcase. So this is girls between 18 and 25 that have eligibility to play because Angelica, she's coming in to offer partial scholarships to come play for her in Kansas. Marissa? Tell our audience, uh, I know you're a badass player on the field with Legends Football League with the Austin Acoustic, and uh, overall you're an amazing athlete, but tell us a little bit about the passion of starting the First Beauties Football League and, you know, what made you kind of just jump in and go, this is something that I need to do. Okay, okay. So, yes, with me playing for the LFL, I have two nieces that come out to my games. They're always watching me. So in the midst of that, they're asking me, well, you know, I want to play football. And I remember at that age, I did want to play football, but my uncle told me I couldn't play. He made me go cheerlead. And I was very upset about that because he really didn't know my background. I had just moved to Texas from Hawaii to be close to family, and he didn't know that I was a heck of an athlete. So I created a lane just for girls that was just like me at that age wanting to play football, and they could just play against other girls. So that's where my passion came from, and um, my nieces are the ones who motivated me, and they're actually playing for me. Marissa, you've been at almost every level of visibility. LFL's a big visibility level. Um, you're mm-hmm. now contributing to the next generation pretty much. I mean, if you look at your organization, the way you're at right now, um, I mean, you're breeding. It's like a breeding ground for us uh, in terms of getting Yay. the next excitement of athletes in terms of girls to get to a stage where, you know, in high school it's a normal thing. Uh, get to mm-hmm. the college situation, you got a scholarship. Maybe at some point uh-huh. you get to a, you know, one of these uh, tackle leagues is going to get to pro level. So yep. it's a totally different, totally different world, in other words, is what am I getting at from where you grew up to where we stand today. Exactly. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm breeding these, this young generation because they now have something to look forward to. At first, we, we weren't able to get offered scholarships to play flag football. I, was, I started off playing flag football for Texas Southern University. Um, it was an intramural league. And it was a whole bunch of talent out there, a lot of girls that was playing. And this was back – man, 10 years ago. So to see how we are, we're progressing and how we're able to offer these girls now scholarships, it's a beautiful thing because we we came, I, I came up from the bottom of the bottom of the bottle. 
So I, I'm glad to be able to pave the way for these young ladies that are stepping up. Marissa, you get, do you get teary-eyed when you get these little girls that are all excited uh, at the event dates and stuff like that, the reality that you're here and that hey. this is something that you are actually supplying to these, all these, like you said, these young girls that, you know, would never have thought to be where they're at at this point, but you're giving them this huge opportunity. I mean, that's got to give you some sort of joy, right? Man, it's so beautiful, and it's like a, a wonderful feeling. And I do get teary-eyed to see the excitement on their faces. Like me attending these elementary schools and seeing how excited they are to step out there and actually being on the field with my little girls playing. And then, you know, at the end of practice, they're giving me hugs and saying thank you so much for allowing me to play for you. And I'm like, you're you're giving me hugs, and I'm just – overwhelmed that you're wanting to play for me and so yeah i do get teary-eyed and full of joy and i know that what i'm doing is something great and life-changing um because we also have you know the daddies that's coming out there motivating these little girls and then you got the little brothers on the sideline trying to coach them up too so it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's exciting to see the whole family get involved all right, let's uh, bring in Holly to pick your brain here before she bails on us. So, Holly, uh, Marissa's uh, Fierce Beauties Football League doing, making a difference. Hi, uh, hey, Marissa, how's it going? Hello. I'm good. How are you doing today? Good, good. Um, so I'm really excited to, to see, you know, what you're doing uh, with your league here. Um, you know, I think it's um, extremely um Honorable because I always felt, you know, part of life is figuring out what your gifts are and Mm -hmm. then trying to help other people with them. So I think Mm -hmm. what you're doing should definitely be uh, applauded because you're taking something that you, um, you know, were really good at and you're helping other people with that. So I think you should really, um, uh, you know, pat yourself on the back for that because I think that's awesome. Um, uh, how excited are you about uh, flag football taking off? Are you seeing a really good uh, reception, uh, you know, in your community about it? I am. Like, the phone calls are not stopping. They're not stopping. They're in the midst of, you know, um, adding football, well, flag football to these high schools that's in my area. So... That's it's awesome. groundbreaking what we're doing, and um, everybody who's contacting me, they're excited. They're they sound exactly how we do on the on the phone. They're excited. They can't wait. They they want to be a part of it, and they know that this is something that's going to turn into something even more amazing than what we're expecting. That's awesome. You know, because you're exactly right. You know, as a as a kid, I never knew that that I could play football and. I always loved mm-hmm. it, and I played every other sport I can think of, and and I happened to, to find it, you know, when I had graduated college. But I, you know, I always was really sad because I was like, man, if I had known when I was a kid that I could play it, that would have been awesome. And so I think exactly. you're really uh, doing an, an awesome service for, for uh, these young girls to, to show them that that uh, they have that opportunity. Uh, what are your goals for the um, uh, your league for for 2021? So the the goal for 2021 is to build these teams, get the word out, and allow these high schools to know that these girls do want to play. 
and for them to go ahead and offer it as a program in their schools and to let them know that that doesn't just stop there. It doesn't just stop in high school. These girls can now play on a scholarship in a, a brand-new avenue and play flag football and get part of their school paid for. So that's the motivation for um, 2021. That's awesome. You know, I think um, I think you know when they uh, announce that you can get a scholarship. I I was so excited about that because I knew it would start to trickle down. Because when you mm-hmm. say, okay, you can not only have an opportunity to play, but you can have an opportunity to play at a higher level, get a scholarship, you know, which is always a big deal. And so I'm really excited to see you know that start to trickle down and start to get people you know more excited. Um, I'm really excited for for your upcoming camp. Um, you know, uh, uh, Angelica is an awesome person, and and I've played with her, you know, uh, in some camps and stuff. And and I'm really oh. excited to see her involvement. She she's mm-hmm. just awesome. So I'm glad that you got her involved. She's somebody that, as a natural leader, people listen and gravitate towards her. So mm-hmm. that's really cool that you got her. Um, and you know. What do you think the future for flag football looks like? The future, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that we're going to go pro with this. We're we're breaking ground, right. and it takes me, even you, you know, all of us that played football for these little girls to look up to, and I, I feel like we're going to end up being in the pros. You know, um, I'll say at least five years from now, it's possible. It's that possible awesome. with all these girls that's you know uh, retiring. And a lot of these athletes want to give back to the community, so we're educating the youth. So with that, that being really said, cool. you know, uh, the sky is the limit with this. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm really, really uh, excited to see what you guys are able to do. Um, you know, I'll be watching, um, and uh, and let me know if you do anything in the Seattle area. That's where I'm at. Um, oh, but, uh, that's a lot to you. <laughs> I loved it out there in Seattle. The fish is amazing. Well, you know what? This weekend is supposed to be a hundred, so I don't know if you sent out the heat from Texas or what, but this is not normal. <laughs> oh, is it? Like uh, I lived in Houston. The humidity. I, I think I could survive out there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds good. But uh, best of luck to you, and, and back to you, Oscar. Thank you. All right, Marissa. Uh, Wanted to bring you on because you got a lot of fanfare from your days in the LFL and pretty nice things that you're doing now. And and I got to see the uh, the starting of your the starting of your league, the uh, conception mm-hmm. when, you, when you created it, and and now to where it's at today. So uh, you know, great job. You've done a, such amazing Thank job you. so far. Thank you so much. So uh, Marissa, where where do you take your uh, administrative talent now right pretty much an administrator uh when you get to this stage here a coordinator right so yeah kind of like a, a parent with 20 kids or, exactly. or 400 kids depending on the camp exactly but i, I actually have a amazing team so i'm not scrambled all over the place i got i got different players doing their job <laughs> just like on the field different players uh, Marissa, tell us a little bit about your supporting cast. Is it former teammates? Is it, uh, you know, family members? Or what, what's the support system for the league right now with you at at the helm? 
So I actually have um, my manager who I actually started off with um, when I started playing tackle in Houston. So she she's there on my team, so she knows how to create a league. Um, I have a couple of my friends, you could say, uh, turned into my assistants. So we're always together, and now they're over here helping me with my business. Um, my teammates, I have my teammates come in and just help me, you know, run the camps. So they help with that aspect of it. And um, I actually got coaches from elementary schools and middle schools that's helping me on board. And I do have family members as well that's helping me. Um, when I throw these events, they're there at the front door. They're, they're helping set up. And I, I actually put my nephews to work. I got an older nephew that's helping, a sister. So it's a lot of family. You'll say that they're all my family. Marissa, uh, outstanding play in your career. Um, are you hanging them up? Or are you just doing flag tournaments now, or what? What are you doing on uh, besides the business? So I'm actually not playing. I'm not playing any flag. I, I kind of put it all on hold. I'm just sitting back to see exactly what's going to happen. I'm not even in a rush to get back to playing because I I kind of feel like I paid my dues. And you did a lot of a lot of amazing things in your career, um, you know, and, and got to a, a visibility state. So I think that really helps you in that sense too, because a lot of people consider yourself a, a very good baller out there as well. So um, June twenty seventh, it's going to be South Hills High School, sixty one hundred one McCart Avenue, right, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you're going to have the Fierce Beauties, aged four to eighteen. Uh, they check mm-hmm. in at eleven thirty a.m. Expose at 12 to 2.30, and then you have Angelica Grayson in the house for the college edition, and that's going to be anybody mm-hmm. 18 to 25, uh, but they must have eligibility, right? That's the uh, quote-unquote requirement. Yeah, you're right on it. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and that's going to be uh, have... 2.30, right? Check in 2.30, 3 to 5, right? Perfect. Yes, sir. All right, so... Marissa, uh, first time I ever got, uh, first time I get to talk to you, and it's uh, it's been a pleasure. And what an amazing athlete you were to uh, watch on the biggest stage as well. And uh, looking forward to your endeavor here with this uh, you know, huge opportunity that you're giving a lot of kids. And uh, I think the reward's going to be in the end when you start to see all these uh, young talent uh, girls in, in a uh, college, you know environment with the video and things like that. You can say that girl came from my camp. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm already getting butterflies. (laughs) We got some really talented girls. Uh, Marissa, what do you contribute uh, in terms of uh, funding? Do you you need funding? Is there like a, you know, somewhere they can go on your website to help you out with, you know, financially at some point? Or how is the, 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 you know, your uh, business structured? So, yeah, we do rely on our sponsors so and donations. So if they're wanting to sponsor or donate to my organization, they can go to my website at www.fiercebeautiesfl.org and just click on the donation tab. So and we are a nonprofit as well. You need any, uh, you know, is there a certain time of the year that is more needed than others, or does it matter at this point? 
Um, it doesn't matter at this point, but I'll say the uh, beginning of the year mainly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're looking January through March or something like that, or January through April? Yeah, you'll say January through March. Yeah, that beginning. Okay. Or also the the middle of the season, so um, like uh, August, November. And what's the average uh, camp, uh, uh, you know, turnout? Is it like 400, 500 at this point, or what's what's an average? So we don't have so that large of a crowd. Um, the max we've had is 60. Okay. So we're building towards that bigger crowd at this point, right? Yeah, we're building. We're building. The the more once they get word of Fierce Beauties, the girls want to play. So if we can get it out to all all these cities, they're gonna start coming. Especially with this opportunity, this beautiful opportunity um, about scholarships. And then I I just up the age. I had to up the age because um, the high schools they're thinking about bringing it in. So we got to prepare these girls. Is it a big trend in Texas? You think in the in this in the flag realm for the girls? As you said, you're trying to penetrate the high schools at this point. So is that is this the trend? Just like the next hot thing? You think? This is the next hot thing. It, it is a trend um, because a lot of these girls weren't able to play. Now they're getting the opportunity, and a lot of you know the parents didn't want these girls playing with the boys. So. They're not going to have to worry about that. They're going to be playing against girls just like themselves and not worried about a, a little boy just trying to knock their head off on the football field. Marissa, you got flagged exclusively. You've played tackle on the other side. Do you feel like this will lead us to eventually, uh, you know, high school varsity tackle for girls, or do you feel like that's going to be a little bit along the way as we start with flag? Well, I, I think that's going to come as well. Because I feel like at least starting off with the basics, that's where I started from, um, learning the basics, running routes, um, playing defense, and then throwing on pass, that's going to be something simple. Once you already know the game, that's going to be a little little easier, you know, but they're going to still have to be a little bit tough and be able to take those hits. But they'll be more confident because they know the game. All right. Uh, well, I wanted to bring you on because I really wanted to, you know, uh, expose this event to our audience and uh, really get everybody, uh, you know, revved up for this uh, weekend, the 27th. And uh, we mm-hmm. have it our, at, the, at the hub at facebook.com forward slash You can get all the details right there. You can also follow her at Fierce Beauties Football League. Uh, you can follow her on IG as well. And I believe IG, let me see here, IG is Reese Holdem 21 if I'm correct. Correct. <laughs> okay, so you get the detail right there, and I think we shared it on our uh, on our IG as well. If we haven't, we're gonna have to go share it. Uh, so I'll get everybody on it to share it. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, awesome honor to have you on. And uh, if you need anything else from us, uh, exposed uh, another event, you're always welcome to you know contact us, and we'll get you back on here and get everybody revved up for the next event. I will. Well, thank you so much for having me in this great opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marissa. Have safe travels out there. Stay safe, uh, and I I hope the uh, event will be a success. All right. Thank you. You too. Be safe out there. All right, guys. That was uh, Marissa Goldston, and you guys can check out her event this week. You go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, You can go to IG at Reese Hold them 
R-E-E-S-E-H-O-L-D-E-M-21, uh, Fierce Beauties Football League there. June 27th, it is going to be at South Hills High School. Uh, and the talented Angelica Grayson of former Team USA and WNFC and All-Star as well, she'll be in the house, um, and she'll be uh, right there participating uh, as the college edition of 18-25s will get an opportunity to for a scholarship there. They must be eligible. Check-in is at 2.30, and then the expo will be 3 to 5. So uh, head out there and check out the early registration. Fees are right there posted on there, and there will be other events within that time frame. So Angelica Grayson will be at the event at, on June 27th, so get the details right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. All right, let's go bring in the man that we're going to be talking playoffs with, and that is a.k.a. the backseat coach, Mark Simone, in the house. And we're going to be talking WNFC, WFA. Uh, Mark, welcome to the uh, podcast, second hour. Thanks for having me. It was really great to hear about, um, um, you know, another girls football league coming up, uh, whether it's tackle or flag. It's just good to see, you know, we've seen it in Utah, uh, Georgia, now Texas. Um, it's really, it's really great news for, for women's football to have organized football for, for girls. So that was a really great segment. Well, you know, Mark, it's, it's a trend, right? If you just talk to Marissa right now, it's a trend. You got Jen Walter during her camps. You got Marissa here during her camps. You got a, a bunch of the small tackle areas, as you just mentioned. So, it is a trend. It's getting to that next stage where it's going to be a reality. And then at some point, you know, Adrian Smith out of your Renegades also getting to that point where we might see the first pro flag league nationwide. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's really something. I mean, I think flag is very, um, a very special game that has a lot of potential uh, to, to uh, really become a nationwide thing. I you know I kind of feel like in high schools we'll see girls varsity flag football before we know it. Um, so you know people like Adrian and um, Grayson um, are really you know put, pushing it. So you know good for them. It, it you know um, we'll be indebted to to them you know, 10 years down the line, uh, we'll look back and see everything that's been accomplished because of the efforts of, of people like them. And uh, we will be feeling grateful. Yeah, and it's just starting to be a trend. Uh, Dion Lee and others are working on it uh, to try to get, you know, girls' high school uh, flag football to be like a normal, uh, just like soccer, basketball, and volleyball and everything else. So it's, I think it'll come to, to a reality at some point down the road here. Uh, let's uh, let's go into the WFA playoffs and let's have the uh, intro here by Brian Sweeney and then we'll dive into the uh, bracket. Hey, football fans! Brian Sweeney, voice of the Women's Football Alliance Division One National Championship. Welcome to playoff season. Twenty-three teams between three divisions are looking to stay on the road to Canton. Yeah, the national championships in Canton, Ohio, July twenty-third and twenty-fourth. In Division Three, the Music City Misfits are on the road to play the Derby City Dynamite. The winner of that game will host either the Capital City Savages 
or the 6-0 New York knockout. On the other side of the bracket, the Arizona Outcasts will host the Capital Pioneers, and the Oklahoma Lady Force are at Iowa. Over in Division Two, the 3-3 three three Detroit Dark Angels travel to Baltimore to face the Nighthawks. Miami Fury will play at Jacksonville Dixie Blues. And on the American side, the Sin City Trojans are at Houston Energy. And the Mile High Blaze will travel to the reigning Division Three national champions who made the jump to Division Two, the Nevada Storm. In Division One, there's only three games this weekend because Boston, the two-time reigning national champions, will have a bye when next weekend they will host the winner of the 1-3 DC Divas or the Tampa Bay Inferno. Two-time American Conference champions Cali War host Dallas Elite Mustangs, and for the first time as a Division I team, the undefeated Minnesota Vixen host a rematch game against the Arlington Impact. This week, there's not one, but two games of the week. That's right, the playoffs are here, and there are two games of the week. The Mile High Blaze at Nevada Storm, or the Arlington Impact at Minnesota Vixen. Two to choose from. How can you find them? Yeah, follow For the Fans HQ on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the Women's Football Alliance on all social media platforms. Tickets are available to the National Championship Weekend July 23rd and 24th in Canton, Ohio by heading to www.hofvillage.com and clicking on events. I'm Brian Sweeney, Mr. Underscore Announcer Guy across social media. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Mark, there's the lowdown of uh, Brian Sweeney. Thanks for, Brian, uh, contributing that to us. Um, well, kind of a type, type of situation here where I was talking to Holly here in the first hour. Um, the two games of the week that we're going to watch are really going to be intriguing. Nevada versus Mile High. Yeah, this one's really intriguing. I mean, these two did not meet during the regular season. Uh, so uh, we don't know really what to expect. Um, this could be a really great game. Question will be, Mark, as I said before, with the other uh, situations that we've had into is, the, uh, like Atlanta Phoenix as an example, Mile High all season hasn't really been high-powered against most of their opponents, where Nevada has really been a two-quarter team of dominance, and then they take on and just kind of run with it. So uh, I don't know if you know the Blaze is going to be ready for that type of uh, output. Well, uh, you know, when you say run with it, you it's actually literally run with it. They run the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Nevada does. That's their bread and butter. So if you're preparing for Nevada, then you're really preparing for the run. So if the Mile High Blaze can uh, prepare adequately and find a way to slow down uh, the storm on the ground, then that's going to give them a shot to uh, win the ball game. Um, now, Mile High's offensive strategy uh, – you know, they also like to run the ball too. My question is, can they can they pass the ball? Um, and uh, if they can, if I think if they can get a balanced offense against Nevada, that too will increase their uh, chance to win. Uh, but of course, heading in, we know that Nevada is the favorite, and they're a pretty strong favorite. They're they're number one in that entire division, and. They do what they do. They play their game, and they say, you know, 
try and stop us? And that's really the question right there. It, can the Mile High Blaze uh, stop or at least slow down Nevada's running attack? And we're getting a beauty of a matchup here. We're getting a number one ranked in scoring Storm, number three ranked in scoring the Blaze, number one and number two defenses. So that's going to be, like you said, it's either going to be a nail-biter or it's going to be one of those games where one team is going to get blown out completely in, in a lopsided mode. But I think it's going to be competitive because it looks like even the, the Blaze has contained and allowed only 18 points all season where the Storm have only allowed 22. So very uh, evenly matched on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll be really interesting. And, and as I said before, um, you know, I, mean, I really like that these two teams haven't squared off during the regular season. So we don't have any sort of preconceived uh, notions of how this game's going to go. It adds to the excitement. Yeah, the only drawback to the Blaze would be penalties. They've had more penalties than the Storm has had all season, so that could be a big factor for them. But overall, um, you're having a great opportunity here. Uh, Smooth Laurie Jones will be taking on uh, Michelle Oyton. And uh, that is going to be a clash of both teams. So offensively, the, um, the passing game is a little bit better on the, on the blade side in terms of, uh, you know, output, in terms of yards and everything else, but uh, not, not, you know, not too far off where uh, the storm is really relies on the ground game to your point. So it could be a situation where, you know, battle tested Nevada is, it's going to be probably a little better astute for it, given the fact that they've played so so many close games with the Division One too as well. So, uh, very interesting uh, outcome for that. The other game is Houston Sin City. So, um, Mark, this is it. Uh, you know, Lexi DeMeo and company. They they had a tough season, ups and downs, tough and tough losses with rivals, and on top of big, uh, tough competition. Um, but that doesn't matter anymore. This is it. One and in. If they can, if that's, they can get enough the energy. Yeah, that's right, and you know, good for them. It was a very tough season for the Trojans, but they they survived and uh, uh, were able to play well enough to to get in the playoffs. I, I certainly think um, that our last game in Week Eight, uh, you know, it was a loss to the Mahad Blaze, but a, a close one, six to twelve. I think that sort of uh, certainly proves to my eyes that they're deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as the Massey ra- uh, ratings go, um, their performance over the season was strong enough to um, get them into the bracket. And I, I, I think their, I think their uh, defense uh, uh, deserves a lot of credit. Um, even in losing efforts, um, they've managed to keep the game close you know they held the the storm to 22 points the blaze to 12 and the cali war to 32 points um the only one that really got away from them was their very first game of the season against the outcast who we know to to, uh possess scoring ability and they put up uh 47 points but over the rest of the season you know the the trojans have um uh, have kept their games close and have been competitive pretty much every step of the way after that first game. That's one of the one of the games that I'm going to be watching to see how they stay because Houston is really high powered on offense. Houston's stout on defense. 
Um, so the Trojans really have the work cut out for them. If they want to advance, uh, I, I wouldn't say it would be an upset, an upset to be Houston, but in a way it would be an upset given uh, what the Trojans have gone through throughout the season. If they can get muster and, and put a win together here, that would be a huge victory. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, over the last four games, the energy have averaged over 50 points a game. Um, right. And so when you see, you know, when you see that, and, and you know, they're, you know, um, when you see that, you know, you've got your work cut out for you. Um, you know that your, your defense has to be, be on top of the game plan uh, to, to, um, you know, slow down energy's offense. So I think you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree. It would be, you know, I, I would consider an, an upset um, if uh, if uh, Sin City can pull out the win over the Houston Energy. Oh yeah, big disappointment for Houston if they lose this one because they've played so good all year and uh, they've been right there. And uh, what 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 wish do we not want, Mark? We want the wish, right? So if Houston beats Sin City, Nevada gets past Mahai we get the two best teams in D2 for the right to go to the championship on that side of the coast. Wow. That's that would be awesome. And we want to see that, definitely. Oh, yeah. We, I want to see it. Uh, energy against Nevada? That would be like a, a pre-national championship type mentality to see that. So uh, not taking anything away from Malahai and Sin City at this point, but uh, obstacles are there, right? And Nevada, very big, very good team. Houston, as you said, high-powered. They've been doing their thing all season. So uh, it's going to be very tough for Mahai and for Sin City. So, um, you know, this is going to be a great weekend on that side. And then the other side, uh, Mark, um, DDA, we talked about them. They faced Boston all season, and they lost. Their schedule wasn't as favorable. They got, you know, beat by Derby as well. So uh, this is it. It's, It's one and in or it's done. And for Baltimore, this is your time to shine. Yeah, you know, Baltimore pulled out a very big victory last week, defeating the the D.C. Divas, um, and it got them a home field advantage here in the first round of the playoffs. So a very, very big win. You know they're riding high, and they're going to be, you know, trying to carry that momentum against a very tough uh, Dark Angels team. Um, It's, you know, right now, you know, Baltimore – has the higher ranking, but I think uh, when you look at when you look at the play, uh, I think a Detroit probably has the advantage in this one. It wouldn't surprise me if um, Detroit um, uh, took this game from Baltimore. But as I said, you know, if if Baltimore can keep that momentum going, uh, you know, then. They have home field advantage. They they have a lot going in their favor. Whereas Detroit, you know, as I said last week, you know, they're kind of backing into the playoffs, uh, you know, with a couple of losses, one which they probably shouldn't have taken um, against uh, Derby City. Um, but that's what happened. And so they're, you know, they're kind of uh, backpedaling into the, in the playoffs, which is not how you really want to do it. But, I think they can pull it out. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? I, I'm going to tell you right now. Sherry Anderson and Alicia Owens-Ford, they got a big off uh, DDA. 
So they got to play a really good offensive game because they have not been a very high-scoring uh, machine. And against CDA, once they get going, you got to have you got to put some points up. So Baltimore, if you're listening, a uh, huge moment for you. That's all I'm going to say because if the Dark Angels get going, uh, they're 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 basically want to want to return to the to the to the championship once again. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think if you're playing for Baltimore, uh, you're hoping to see. Yeah, uh, kind of a repeat of what happened against the Divas uh, in, in which they just kept the game, the game close, all right, and a big play turned the tide. They got a fumble recovery and returned at 99 yards for a touchdown, and the extra point on that touchdown was the winning point, um, uh, and that was huge. So keeping it close for most of the game is something that Baltimore – has to do. They have to get into the fourth quarter within striking distance and hope that they can they can get a big play, a turnover um, um, to uh, to catapult them past uh, Detroit, and hopefully the time will be on their side. It's gonna be a big uh, big test for uh, Michaela Hilton and uh, Clarissa Tullis out there to, like you said, kind of put up a lot more points because. Uh, all season DDA has been playing very close games, and this is going to be probably a close game as well, given Baltimore's. Uh, so we could see a very close matchup here, where it's you know a, a one, less than one touchdown or a field goal type mentality, where one of them gets over and, and moves on. Um, the other matchups, let's go to D three right now, so we can figure that picture out because D one's pretty much clear in terms of what's going to happen there. But uh, D three, Arizona taking on Capital City, 5-1, and 6-0. and oh. Big moment for Arizona, big moment for Capital, if you want to make a statement in the, uh, in the D3 division. Yeah, isn't it great? And I, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen that Arizona can, can put up points, um, and a lot of them, and – uh, the Capital Pioneers are undefeated on the season, uh, which is, uh, you know, almost unheard of for a team in their first year. Now, I expect they have players who have played football before and stuff like that um, from some of the surrounding teams that, uh, you know, are now defunct or, you know, not in existence anymore. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, they they went 6-0, and and um, – so uh, they're looking to put up a competitive game. Uh, they're not. I don't think any. I don't think the pioneers are going to be. Um, you know. Um, well, let me put it this way: they're both sort of first-year teams, certainly with experienced players on both um, squads. But the Outcasts are a first-year team this year, and the Pioneers are a first-year team. So still, bets are off, right? Um, Oh, yeah. I, this I is number like one offense every... against number two defense. So we get another nice matchup here just like we do with, uh, you know, in, in Division Two. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, Outcast, number one on the offensive side, and then you got the number one defense. So, as you said, uh, Pioneers either stay undefeated and move on to the next round, or this is going to be uh, a moment for the Outcast. Yeah, I mean – Flip a coin, you know? <laughs> That's where we're at. We're going to have to flip a coin on this. It's going to be a really good game. I think this is going to be kind of like, you know, a, a short, probably going to be very tight. 
I don't think it's going to be a runaway type deal, but it's going to be very tight. Um, the other game is uh, we haven't talked about Iowa all season, and they're taking on OKC, which we've talked about a lot here. So uh, Iowa, this is a, this is kind of their moment, quiet all season, and this is it. They get here, so it's a matter of uh, you know, can they get uh you know to the next to the next round on July 10th? And OKC coming off a, out of another league, making a statement here all season, playing competitive ball, is can they get to the semifinals in the WFA? Because that's going to be impressive given their past history in their previous league. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, hands down, this is uh, has been a successful season for for both of these teams. Uh, you know, the, the the Iowa Phoenix have. Uh, won all the winning bowl games that were on their schedule. The only two losses they took were to the Minnesota Vixens, uh, a, a Division One team, and uh, one of the favorites to reach the Division One finals. So um, no flies on them for losing two games to the Vixen. But um, you know they've they've done a, a great they've done a great job um, over the course of the season. Have the Iowa Phoenix, and uh, we have talked the Oklahoma City Lady Force. Um, I think they have a, uh, a reputation already coming into uh, coming into the WFA from another league, and they've lived up to the reputation. You know, they've, they've won ball games, so they're 4-2, they're and two, uh, and their only two losses uh, is to uh, another very strong team in the Mile High Blaze. And, and during the during the regular season, the the Force and the Phoenix did not face each other. So, so uh, again, another really kind of uh, awesome first round matchup between teams um, who haven't faced each other before. Well, the the edge will have to go to the Lady Force because their defense has only given up uh, I think uh, five points a game. They've held people really, really down offensively. They're not as good as Iowa, but uh, Iowa is a, a, the better offensive, uh, you know, points per game, 28, where uh, I think Lady Force is only putting up 10 points. So that could be a problem. Yeah, like at this time of the year, you, you look to the defense to um, really uh, buckle down and uh Create the opportunity to to win a ball game, and uh, the Lady Force has has shown throughout the season that their defense is is outstanding. In their two losses to the Mile High Blaze, they've only they only gave up 22 points, and um, the uh, Outlaws were the only other team to score a touchdown. Uh, the other three games were shutouts, so. Um, I agree with you. I, I feel like the the force has um, the edge going in with this very tough defense. Well, the the key will be can uh, Christina Garagua and Emily O'Brien get going for Phoenix. If they do, it could be a, an issue for the Lady Force. So we will see if that tandem uh, offensively can get going. It's a you know it's just a must win for both teams. But uh, both teams had really good seasons, to your point, and they've been successful all all year. And now it's just a matter of who wants it more. And then the winner will take on Arizona versus Capital winner there. So that's another tough test for them. On the other side, you had Derby. Uh, we get a rematch, another rematch of local rivalry, Derby against Music City. 
Um, I, I just don't know if Music City's got enough, but they know the obstacle. Uh, Derby knows they want to be here because they want to get to that next stage. And uh, we talked to uh, Thelma a while back, and she, she's, she's hungry. She's hungry to get to the next, to the next level and uh, to hit the, and hit the road and, and show up in Canton. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, I think if there's any team on either side of the bracket that has uh, has the best chance of beating Derby City, it's it's the Music City Misfits because they are rivals. They know each other. They've played each other. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, the Misfits of any of these teams have the best chance of of beating Derby City. That said... I expect Derby City to to win this game and win their bracket and win the Division Three championship. Of course, uh, my opinion may change over time, but right now, that's how I'm kind of feeling about it. Yeah, I would say they would be the favorites at this point, uh, not to take away from the 6-0 and Capital Pioneers, but if they don't advance uh, at this point, it's going to be one of those I would say they would be the favorites in the, in the, the whole scope of pictures. Then you have the knockout taking on um, Capital City. Capital City under the radar all season. So we'll see what they do. New York having a great season. Uh, we'll see who comes out of that one. Yeah, I'd be, you know, I'd be so excited to, um, to, to watch this game because, I, you know, this is one of the matchups where I haven't seen um, – film or uh you know a streamcast of either of these teams so i'd really i'd really like to to watch this one uh you're absolutely right i mean i think both of these teams have kind of been flying under the radar this season um the new york knockout has been around uh the wfa for a few years now i think this might be their their third year uh in the league uh not counting the 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 loss season uh 2020 um, but so they're they're now coming around. So um, that's that's pretty exciting to see. I always like it when uh, I see see a team after you know two or three years start to really make some big strides. And I feel like the knockout have made some big strides this year. Um, you know they're they're five and zero. Oh. They only had two opponents uh, unfortunately, but. Um, on the field, they got four wins, and then they had one forfeit here in the last week of the season, and uh, they won them decisively. Uh, um, and two were against the uh, the Richmond Black Widows, and um, so that that's a tough team to beat. Uh, as we know, they are just historic historically being uh, competitive um, at the the Division Three level. Um, so. Very impressive season for the knockout, and we haven't talked very much about them, so um, I'm glad that they're in the playoffs so that uh, we can spend a little bit of time talking about them and um, and about the uh, Capital City Savages, too, who've, who've had a very good season. Uh, this is their first year, too. No, this is their second year. Is that right? Second year. Second year. You know, yeah. lost their first two games and then just banged out, like, in the last four games, um, so great job by um, the Savages. I, they, I think of any team that is sort of like, you know, I think they could get, uh, I think they could get this win. Uh, well, I think we might see them advance to the, um, advance to the finals. I feel like they have upset appeal. 
Yeah, and this is going to be interesting. The reason I'm fo- we're focusing on Division Three and Division Two is because we've always focused on the Division One picture, and at this point, it's pretty much set. It's going to be Cali War, Dallas, and a rematch, uh, uh, you know, between East and uh, West, and and you know, Texas, California, and Texas. And then you got Minnesota against Arlington. The rematch there is going to be pretty exciting to watch on for the fans. And then uh, your team awaits DC versus uh, the Inferno, and I'm. I'm assuming at this point this is it, D.C., you get another another shot um, and see if, what you can do with it. But uh, Tampa Bay obviously would not want to falter at this point, and they know what's ahead of them, and that's Boston. So that's going to be a great opportunity for July 10th as one of those two teams matchups. But D3, very interesting. D2, very interesting. Uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on both of those divisions as we go into this weekend. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think in Division One, you know, that, that D.C.-Tampa Bay game is, is the one game that is uh, more up in the air than the other two. Um, so that's one I'll be watching closely, especially since, you know, I'm a fan of the Renegades and we'll be facing the, the, the winner of that matchup. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I really think that um, the Division Three. I mean, it, it's definitely worth paying attention to. There's a lot of exciting matchups. A lot of exciting matchups also in Division Two, so um, I'm very looking forward to this weekend. So uh, our emoji is uh, stuffing popcorns in our mouth all weekend. (laughs) 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 That's where we're going to be at. Um, All right, so let's move to WNFC since we got about 20 minutes left here, Uh, and then we should have Nate Ward coming in here in a couple minutes as well. Um, Mark. Uh, surprise of the forfeit in Kansas uh, with the Kansas City Nebraska. Not so much, I think, because uh, they've been hampered all year, and then uh, just a lot of issues in Nebraska. And I, I really felt like, okay, not so much of a surprise. I think it was okay for it to be at the last week of the season in, in that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, it, if it's going to happen, if if it's going to happen, um, I'd rather happen have it happen that way. Um, you know, it's it's too bad that it happened at all, but I I, th- I think over the course of the season we we did sort of watch um, you know Nebraska it deteriorate. That's kind of a harsh word, but um, I think it's kind of accurate. Just with every game that passed, they had more and more struggles mounting, uh, and uh, by the end they 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 couldn't they couldn't compete. So. Um, so they forfeited that game. Um, I don't think the out, you know, I don't think the outcome of that game was in any sort of doubt. Uh, you know, Kansas City would have won that game, but um, uh, it, it's unfortunate that they did have this forfeit. I think it's the only one. Uh, is it the only one this season here in the in the WNFC? Yeah, the only forfeit in this season. Yeah, so that's it's, it's pretty good. I mean, considering yeah, no, I that's impressive. Like, there's there's um, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, I don't think Phoenix hurt us last week, so they did not come out very good. And uh, Las Cruces did hurt us, and they probably felt like we were maybe not happy about their two losses with the one and two. But they just decided, hey, we got to make the run for the playoffs now. So, but. They put a 52 burger on Phoenix, so maybe they were angry. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, they want to finish the the season strong. And they have another game against the Prowlers too, so uh, they want to set the tone for the next matchup. 
and they're coming off two straight losses to uh, you know the two best teams in the league, and I, I think they've also you know seen their uh, playoff position maybe slip a little bit, um, and they they want to make sure that they get into the playoffs. So I expect them to to turn on the Jets at every opportunity, um, and they did so last week against the Prowlers. Um, what can I really say about the Prowlers? It, it's been a rough season for them um, in terms of the win-loss column. Uh, they did start out pretty pretty well, if you if you will, uh, with 13 points against uh, the Utah Falcons in a loss, uh, but has been scoreless since. So, um, kind of tough season, uh, but they have one more game to um, uh, continue making strides and in, in learning and um, improving their fundamental base of football. All right, Mark, no surprise. Uh, we said it, that Atlanta really needed to step up offensively, and uh, Alabama put on the fire, and they get the win. Now Alabama is eyeing uh, next week Mississippi. And Mississippi coming off that uh, win against Florida. So this is it. Uh, we talked about Mississippi's road, and they got they, they got to really run the table. And their next obstacle is Al- Al- Alabama, and this is a huge test for the Mississippi Panthers. It, it absolutely is. I mean, Alabama put up an impressive performance uh, against Atlanta, uh, we know Atlanta has been struggling to put points on the board, uh, but Alabama makes sure that they didn't. So they got the shutout, and I think that pretty much ends Atlanta's playoff hopes. Um, mm-hmm. But now we our eyes turn to Mississippi, and we need to know what they can do against the Alabama fire. There's no doubt that Alabama is, you know, in the top – you know, three or four teams in the league. Uh, they're certainly going to be a no- the number two seed in the Atlantic Conference when the playoffs start, um, unless Mississippi somehow wins this game. Uh, I, you know, Mississippi is on a roll now, so they have momentum going, uh, which is not to say that Alabama doesn't have momentum, because they do, because they haven't lost any games. Um so this will be this is another really really good matchup, um, a big test for Mississippi. Uh, you know, I, f- I kind of feel like if Mississippi wants to sneak into the playoffs, they need to win this game. I don't see any way that they're going to like get past uh, Philly or Washington in the in the um, in the in the standings in the rankings unless they win this game. It's going to be a big deal. This is, this is a big test for Mississippi. This is their moment, like you said, if they want to get to the next stage where the rankings come out on the 27th and if they're going to be favorable for them, then it's bring in the actually insider Nate Ward in the house. So for the last couple minutes, we've got about 10 minutes to talk about this. Um, Nate, were you surprised San Diego took down Las Vegas so convincingly 28-6? to six? You know, I really wasn't. You know, I, I saw them early in the year, and they were. A ten, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They're they're a team that just, you know, if, if something happens or they feel, you know, I, I wouldn't say an injustice against them. They're the ones that'll step up and, uh, you know, defend their honor, so to speak. I wasn't too surprised they took them out. You know, I, it's it's 
San Diego. They're 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 a good team. I mean, I've I've had much respect for them since the league started. So, Mark, are you in the same boat? Um, yeah, I am in the same boat. I I you know I expected San Diego to win. They're like the you know they're like a lunch pail crew. They're just like a uh, you know uh, just the 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 working class football team. You know what I mean? They're just like they get right. to it. Um, and um, at, you know, at the beginning of the game, Las Vegas put on a drive, and then they got turned away from the goal line. Um, mm. And that was a big play that really set the tone for the rest of that game. And um, I was a little surprised Las Vegas didn't score. You know, um, you know, a couple more touchdowns. Uh, so I was very impressed with with San Diego. All right, Nate, uh, the matchup we got this coming week is uh, they get Oregon. SD against Oregon, uh, I think it's a win. Uh, I don't think Oregon's, you know, probably going to muster more points than, than uh, Vegas will. But, uh, if you know, if you had to call it at this point, do you feel like the Rebellion finish undefeated? Yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt it. I mean, I you guys both know this from our past conversations. I've seen both teams this year, and – um, you know, as using them playing them both playing the Majestics as a base level, it's, San Diego's got this. I mean, Oregon may put up, uh, you know, a few more points than Vegas, like you noted, but it's just I I don't I think it's a no contest really. Yeah, Mark, uh, do you feel uh, Philly going up against Florida? It's a moment for Florida to kind of maybe step up and uh, play spoiler. Uh, this is a really tough. This has got to be a you got to get the win by what I'm saying for Philly. Philly's got to get that win if they want to stay into that mix with the rankings and and maybe the playoff. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Philadelphia can't can't drop this one. If if they drop this one, then you know their their spot in the playoffs is 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 just uh, you know at the whim of however the rankings happen to fall. Uh, they need to make their case. They they need to have a decisive win against Florida. If if they only win by like a touchdown or something, that might not even be good enough. I I, I think they have to, um, you know, uh, li- you know, put the hammer down and, um, you know, make a point to say, hey, we belong in the playoffs by putting up a big score on Florida. Uh, Nate, with the other matchup, we got Washington Prodigy. Against Carolina Queens, Carolina can play spoiler here. Uh, it's literally the same as Philly. It's a must win given the given the tight race in the Atlantic. Yeah, you know it goes back to to what was just said. You know, make make a statement, prove you 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 belong in in the playoffs. You know, must win and spoiler. You know, they're they're just terms. It's it's what you do on the field that defines you. Whether I mean. Yeah, it's nice to get the win. It's nice to move on. But as long as they can go out and make a statement, I think that says a lot. Would I like to see spoiler? Absolutely. Do I think it can happen? Probably not. All right, Mark, uh, the elite, this is the glory's biggest test of the season. If they want to get into a, you know, a higher ranking at this point, they got to get a good performance against uh, Texas. And so far, nobody's been able to do that. They haven't been able to do that. So, this is a, this is a big test uh, for them, and if they're going to face go into the playoffs, they're going to have to face them again at some point. So, 
Uh, I guess if you got, you got to put a good performance, even if you don't win against Texas, you got to put up some points. Right. I mean, with with Kansas City, um, I'm at odds with where uh, they're ranked currently. Um, in the six, uh, week six rankings, they're ranked number six, which puts them in the playoff picture. But I don't. I don't really – I look at the schedule and the teams that they played and the teams that they've beaten, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's warranted. Um, I agree. When I look at this game, you know, I say to myself, you know, it, for me, yeah, Kansas City has to, has to show up for this game to, again, prove that they belong in the playoffs. It's about making a statement, and this is their opportunity – uh, against uh, the toughest, one of the toughest teams in the league, in, a, in the elite Spartans, to prove that they belong in the playoffs. All right, Nate, the Bobcats moment, right? They can play spoiler to Denver here if they can muster a win. Probably not going to happen given their track record all season. But for Denver, uh, I mean, all they can do is finish strong like they've been doing and uh, where the chips may fall at this point for them. All right, it's, it's all up to you know. You just said it. It's all up to where the chips fall. They just have to, they just have to go out there and I, I would say outperform the, the the rest of the season. You know, it is the Bobcats' moment to to try to play spoiler. And we've, I mean, every single game it seems like we're saying you know it's a chance to prove yourself. It's a chance to be the be the upset and prove you deserve to exist where you're at. But it, I honestly think. You know, Denver's, you know, got a bigger point to make and a bigger statement to make after, you know, how their season's been. So I see I, I see them coming out on top. Yeah, I, 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 you probably agree, Mark, right? Bandits uh, should be automatic here this win this weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing they don't want to have as an outcome of this game is um, having people – uh, confirm the fact that they shouldn't be in the playoffs. You know, uh, if they don't right. have a good performance against the Bobcats, then it, then everybody will be resigned to, well, you know, Denver, you know, they're out. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, a pretty exciting weekend for the WNFC as well. Uh, even the WFA weekend, we said Division Three, Division Two. We talked about that. Uh, I want to thank uh, Gina Magana for coming in here with Coach Rick Rasmussen of the Utah Falcons in the first hour. Give us the lowdown. And the expectations, uh, obviously, they're facing Seattle this weekend. Uh, it looks to me like the Majestics, if they want to make some sort of a statement here, they got to really play some good ball here. They put up 48 points. It's a totally different ball game when you're playing Utah. Utah obviously knows where they stand. You know, they, they, they just want to go to the next round. That's really their mentality. So it's going to be pretty tough for uh, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's got to play their heart out if they even want to, you know, maybe get a win at this point. But, Given Utah's dominance, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, thanks to Marissa Golston for coming in here, spotlighting the uh, Fierce Beauties Football League. You get the details right there at the hub. And so, uh, Mark, always a pleasure for you coming in and kind of dissecting that. Uh, Nate, as well, uh, we're just giddy for this weekend. Division Three, WFA, yes. Division Two, II, Division One. Uh, I mean, w, WNFC. And if you're, you know, not full of this, uh, we still got Finland overseas in Finland. You get the lowdown and everything at the hub, plus the Monterey, Mexico action, and get all the results right there as well at the hub. So, uh, Nate, I mean, if if you haven't been to the hub, I don't know where you've been. I I, I can't say it enough. If, if 
if, if people haven't been to the hub, like, like seriously, what, what, what is your problem? If you're listening to this program, you're not in the hub, you're, you're, you're missing like the, the, the body, like the 90% of what our show is, is bringing you the in-depth of what we give you on the hub. So get to the hub, get your base notes and your facts and your info, get your football fill, and then join us on here every week. Come on. It's not that hard. Mark, I, I'm telling you, I tell everybody, go to the hub every week because you get what's going on in the sport. And then Tuesday, it's kind of like two hours of cruncher, but you got to be at the hub, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know where everybody's at. but uh, And don't, don't forget to subscribe, guys. Uh, subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. You can get a listen to uh, amazing content, over 300 episodes that we've done uh, with our amazing co-hosts. Uh, in the past, including uh, Nate Ward here, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, Holly Custis, uh, and uh, Troy Wilson before that, as well, Louise Bean, and now uh, the backseat coach on here also. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. So uh, Mark and Nate, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm getting my popcorn ready because this is going to be a huge weekend. Oh, I'm more than ready. I'm I'm excited. It's going to be a long weekend and nothing but <laughs> Mark, I bet you got ice cream right next door too, right? Popcorn and ice cream, uh, probably a tummy ache, but that's okay. We'll we'll bear with that. Yeah, I'll have my cream soda and my um, cookies uh, along with the salty popcorn just to, you know, give it that a little extra flair. Yeah, and we know what Brian's going to be doing out there with the Slurpee, so and we're all set for this weekend. So uh, WFAProFootball.com, WNFCFootball.com, check them out this weekend. And we're going to be Division Three, Division Two, Division One in the WFA on the road to Canton, and then the WNFC Week Eight as a crucial weekend for the WNFC in terms of positioning for the ranking. So for the uh, absent Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, uh, and for Nate Ward and Mark Simone, Oscar Lopez here. We'll catch you here for three seventy nine. Have a great night, everybody. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.